The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Looks like Patrick Mahomes is having some fun today in Kansas City. Yeah, he is. Video uh, from the parade. From uh, to the chance of MVP, we've got Patrick Mahomes. That's a legit up MVP chance. You know how, like in basketball, like Demar comes to the line <laughs> and got, all the Bulls fans start chanting, points. "Yeah, MVP!" Like this is this is legit chance, so uh, a I, chant rather, because Patrick Mahomes did win the not only the regular season MVP but the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl MVP. MVP so, well. are you anti MVP chance? No, if I'm it, not. But some resonate more than others with me. It's like some refrains resonate more with me. I think even Patrick today was talking about in his Super Bowl speech, his parade speech, about how people out there thought we were rebuilding. Look, <laughs> he's, he's guys, taking a page from Travis Kelsey. Yes. I mean, like Carm talked about it. We've talked about it. Even if people thought you were rebuilding your wide receiver room because you traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins in the offseason, you did rebuild your wide receiver room. You added Marquez Valdez- Scanling. Yep. You you added uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You added some pieces to your wide receiver room. Even those that were cautious about your chances, I went back to look at some of the pre, you know, 2022 preseason picks. They were picked fourth, third, fourth, or fifth in everybody's power Of course they were. Of course they were. And, yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's got the ski goggles on. He's got the WWE championship belt on. He's got Matt Nagy trailing him the whole way. Right at his side. Actually, at one point, Matt Nagy's got his hands around his waist, around Mahomes' waist, just so he doesn't fall off the bar. Well, look, that may be Matt's best decision he's made in the last three years. He knows the franchise. Keep the franchise safe as he chugs a beer. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Oh, we have some breaking news, and it is a an open letter from the Chicago Bears regarding the closing on Arlington Park property. Mm, we had the uh, we had uh, we had a hint of this. Yes, the last uh, week, correct? The, correct. Yes, yes. Cap did. Let us know that there was a possibility here that the Chicago Bears could be getting closer to actually closing on the Arlington Park property. The agreement that they had, as you throw on your cheaters there. Yeah, it looks I just put my uh, professor glasses on. Look at you, Professor Waddle in the house on Twitch. If you're watching right now, he has an important open letter from the Chicago Bears regarding the closing of the Arlington Park property. This is a long letter, so I'll I'll read you parts of it, okay? Uh, but it, it goes as follows. The Chicago Bears open letter regarding closing on Arlington Park property. Last fall, we released an open letter confirming the team had reached an agreement for the purpose of acquiring 326 acres of property in Arlington Heights to secure the potential of beginning a new and exciting chapter for the Bears, our fans, the Chicagoland community, and the state of Illinois. This week, we took another step toward realizing that vision by closing on the Arlington Park property. Finalizing the purchase does not guarantee the land will be developed, but it is an important next step in our ongoing evaluation of the opportunity. 
There is still a tremendous amount of due diligence work to be done to determine if constructing an enclosed state-of-the-art stadium and multi-purpose entertainment district is feasible. The next paragraph, they go through a, a you know, a, a kind of a, a list of the financial. Yeah, and the jobs that will be created. Possible construction of a stadium anchored development is projected by analysts to create more than 48,000 jobs, generate $9.4 billion in economic impact for the Chicagoland economy, and provide $3.9 billion in new labor income to workers across the region. So there's some some particular um, comments about that. I'll go down a little bit on the on the letter and, and, and include this because I think people will want to hear this. Um, says the Bears will continue to work closely alongside the village of Arlington Heights surrounding municipalities and their residents to solicit extensive feedback on how we can best benefit local communities and Bears fans across Illinois. This planning will include a robust diversity, equity, and inclusion program that prioritizes local hiring throughout every stage of the development. We have publicly stated and repeat here again If we construct a state-of-the-art stadium, we will not seek taxpayer funds locally or otherwise for the structure. If we proceed, however, this project would require assistance to ensure feasibility, including our securing property tax certainty and support for infrastructure commensurate with the public benefits the project will yield, uh, yield to the region. So they continue to talk about a number of things and this is the final paragraph of the letter while the, this closing marks a major development in the ongoing evaluation there has been no decision that the development of the recently acquired property will occur but today's news is nonetheless an exciting update and positions our state and the chicagoland region to be able to host world-class entertainment and sporting events on an unprecedented scale We look forward to continuing this evaluation with the Village of Arlington Heights, surrounding governmental bodies, and the General Assembly in the coming months and conveying what we believe is necessary to transform the recently purchased, largely dormant Arlington Heights property into one of the most iconic mega-project entertainment and destination points in the world. I just got a little bit, uh, I had a little... uh, little excitement from the last statement. Yeah. One of the most iconic yes. mega project entertainment destination points in the world. So I guess to summarize, the purchase of the land has been finalized. Yes. Now they are telling you that we have not, you know, this doesn't mean that they're committed. Yes. To we, building a stadium. We still haven't completely committed this project to which I, this is my own editorial. You you close on the property. You could technically resell it to somebody. I get it. You don't hire Kevin Warren as your president, a guy who has extensive experience in developing a giant stadium that is that is fantastic. You don't hire him as your president. I think that's if you're not going to follow through. I think that's some strong detective work by you Thank there. You. That I appreciate. I, would, I will that. absolutely co-sign. Yes. And to that point, back in. Uh, back in September of 2021, when the Bears announced their purchase agreement for $197 million, and now today we get news that they're closing on the Arlington Park property, I don't think you go out of your way to spend close to $200 million without a real intention of building, right. as they stated, a world-class facility. Look, I, I mean, could you find another buyer if, in fact, you decide that you don't want to go through with the project? Okay, maybe so. But I think the likelihood of that being look, this is this is a fan, in my opinion, this is a fantastic step 
forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bears fans should be thrilled. I think it, it, there's a potential for this to be an out-of-this-world experience, an out-of-this-world facility that will bring you, as they describe, a number of events over the course of every year, a uh, multi-purpose facility with hopefully great access in and out, great amenities. I think it'll be an upgrade, obviously. This is just, my, again, my own editorial from what you have experienced at Soldier Field. Um, I, I'm excited about this project, and this is another step closer to what I envision to be a fabulous entertainment center and home for the Chicago Bears for decades to come. Yeah, and the economic you know, boom that it's going to be for Arlington is uh, undeniable. They, Like you said, they laid out a lot of uh, financials in this open letter. It is a lengthy letter, so if you want to see the full check it out. It's available on the Bears Twitter feed right now. Yeah. Um, but I think Waddle hit on all the key points there in that it looks like, you know, I, you can, I think full steam ahead. the city of Chicago at this point, Mayor Lightfoot and anybody who is, you know, of the mind of trying to run on the platform of luring the Bears back to Soldier Field. This is, again, just another uh, signifier that they are moving forward with the intention of being playing their football in Arlington Heights in future years when they can finally go ahead and build up a stadium, which now this is still going to be years away. You know, this oh, is yeah. not, I'm not going to be done overnight. It's certainly going to take, we're talking, you know, six, seven years in all likelihood before they I could would probably think, move I'm no, there. I'm no stadium building expert, but I wouldn't think that you know this is, is going to happen Warren, over. The, yes. new pre- the new team exactly. president. Of How the long did the, did the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium project take in, in Minneapolis? Because while their winters probably are harsher than ours, I would think construction... They're comparable, right? You yeah, could I would probably think conditions. Figure out. My guess is, though, that like there's going to be... The, the stadium itself, again, this is total speculation, will be built. And there will be ancillary projects around the stadium that will take yes, more time to finish. Yes. But obviously, I would think, outside of the infrastructure of the area, the stadium itself is going to be prioritized... And then all of the other ancillary stuff will will come, you know, over the course of time. But I would think you conservatively, this is between now and the time that it opens. It's got to be seven, eight years, doesn't it? Is that too long? Six, seven, eight years? I, I said six or seven. But nevertheless, more than five, I think. I think it's unrealistic I to think it happened with so. any quicker than that. But again, if you're just joining us, the Bears have released an open letter regarding the closing on the Arlington Park property, which they had a purchase agreement in place back. They on- own the they own the property now. They yes. own everything in Arlington Heights. Like before they had a, you know, they had an accepted offer. Mm-hmm. It's official. It's their property. Yes. And of course, they're, you know couching the idea that it's official that they'll build a stadium but and we're now one step closer and it's at a point where uh i don't there, there's no going back you're a season ticket holder aren't you are you excited I, I know again that there's not a hundred percent you know support for moving out of soldier field but i think that a i think you're in, in yeah. favor of it right and so, i would think that you're in the vast majority so i became a season ticket holder after the soldier field renovation once they came back from Champaign, I believe it was 2003, I think. Um, if memory serves, it might be off by a year. But I think it was 2003. So I guess this will be essentially almost my 20th year as a season ticket holder. And, you know, I, I did it when I was in my 20s. I was, you know, I, was, I didn't have kids at the time. I was much more prone to going to almost every game. At this stage of my life, but also not just that, the fact that the improvements in broadcasting NFL games – 
have made me much less inclined to want to go out to watching a Bears game, especially when we get into those cold December games, similar to what we saw against the Eagles and Bills this past season. I have less and less inclination to go see those late-season Bears games, especially if they're not a competitive team. Well, guess what? With the new facility potentially, mm-hmm. you'd be able to walk in, take your jacket off, and enjoy those games without all of the cold uh, climate conditions. That is music to this Bears season ticket holder's ears because the I, the fact that I will definitely be excited to go to a December, a late season Bears game if there's not going to be a sub-zero game that I need to deal with. And it's not just the sub-zero temps because I can dress warm, I can layer up, and I can combat that in some ways. But it's the whole process around going to the Bears game, yeah. which we have documented ad nauseum on this station from, you know, going to a game. It's just not accessible. Uh, I, you know, you can pay through the nose for parking if you'd like. And I, I'm talking like I have on multiple occasions because I do the pregame to get to a game waddle in a fairly, you know, quick fashion. I will pay through the nose. I will pay the same amount for parking that I, that I pay for my ticket. Yeah. On the secondary market. That's because crazy. I want to be able to get into the game in a decent, you know, time. And but but most people don't have access to the parking yeah. without again, no who wants to pay just as much for parking that you're paying for a ticket to go through the door, right? So that they're limited in that uh in that faculty. Then getting to the game, if if you don't want to drive, taking public transportation and then having to do a 25 or 30 minute walk to actually get to the museum camp- campus is a pain. And then, oh, by the way, we're talking 45 minutes on your way out because you have to fight the crowd. It's not a fun experience to go to a Bears game. Um, you're committing minimum six hours because you've got three, three and a half hours and then a couple hours on the back end of each. And you're almost you're forced to commit five and a half, six hours to go see a football game. Yeah, that's asking a lot of folks, right? So the potential in Arlington Heights to have a much easier access point to get in and out of the stadium is very appealing. And also, as you mentioned, a dome is something that I, as a Bears fan, am all up for. I got to tell you, too, the being like I was we went to the to the the game, the Bears and Raiders last year, two years ago, however you want to define it. At this Allegiant, Allegiant Stadium, I, and one of the things that was most you know just noticeable to me is is you were not. There are moments where you can't get through the corridors, or the however you would mm-hmm. uh, you would call them at, at Soldier, at Soldier Field. Field, like the concourse sh- area yeah, when you're the, trying to get oh in my and God, out of it's the bathroom. It's, it's just it's a hassle. Concessions at Allegiant, it got seventy five thousand, eighty thousand people, and and the. The areas, the the walkways are wide, you know. I mean, it's just, it was just a more pleasant experience. And And, and the amenities, you didn't stand in line forever to buy a beer or a hot dog. You had more access to bathrooms, like all of it. It just made, it made the experience significantly more enjoyable. I talk about it a lot. I know Black and Abdallah talk about it a lot, getting in and out of the stadium. Where it's not even that. It's the concessions, right? Like it, it's easy to say, "Oh, we tailgate," so maybe you're not worried about the concessions. But for those folks who make actually like to go and eat a hot dog or grab a you know a yeah. bite to eat at the game because maybe they don't have time to tailgate the whole time before the game, it's a pain. It like is. you may be in, you may stand in line for twenty 
minutes easy. That's, you know, that's almost a quarter you can spend in a concession stands line at Soldier Field. Some people, it doesn't bother. For me, it's just I, I am an advocate of, of building this glorious new place in Arlington Heights. And today we found out they've taken another step in that direction. And hopefully it will be the first step of many to come sooner rather than later. I mentioned Justin Fields as we were heading to break here. He was on, pardon my take, with Barstool Big Cat, who you hear every Tuesday with Waddle and Sylvie. You heard him here yesterday with us at 4 o'clock. He mentioned that he had the Justin Fields interview. He gave us a little bit of a taste, and he talked about the idea of bare weather. (laughs) Barstool Big Cat did with Justin Fields. This was Justin Fields' reaction to adjusting to the cold bare weather that we're used to. Yes, it is very difficult to adjust to it, especially with the wind. Um, that's what I found out. That's that's what it's all about is the wind. You know, it can be cold. It can be 10 degrees. With no wind, you're fine. But with that 15-mile-per-hour wind, 20-mile-per-hour wind, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't fight it. It's tough. There, so. There's something to be said, I think, about, like, your physical running style. You're, you're a big dude. You're strong playing in that type of weather. Mm-hmm. You inflict more pain on them than they do on you. The thing is about that weather is, like, when, when it's that cold, you have to bumble – bundle up like put a bunch of layers on and stuff like that and your body's cold so you're not warmed up so i feel like way slower in that cold weather so it's tough but uh yeah i mean you know you of course want to try to stay warm on the sideline and stuff like that but i mean it's hard to stay warm in that weather warm-ups and stuff like that your hands freezing up so it's, it's tough I, uh, listen, there's some people that still buy into bear weather and they think it's you know it's fantastic and this is the way football should be played nobody's comfortable in that stuff no nobody and even if you're somebody who wants to inflict punishment, you could still end up. It still hurts. Yeah, it, it like it, when it's just that cold, the ground's harder. Jalen Hurts, you know, had a shoulder injury occur at Soldier Field. So yeah. if if not just me as someone who goes to a lot of Bears games during the year, listen to your starting quarterback, Bears fans, who doesn't love. Well, he, and, said, he said he feels slower. Yeah, and 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 he is also an advocate of a different surface which he let Big Cat in on as well as the interview rolled on. Yeah, there was a lot that he hit on. Um, I did mention, I did tease, I want to play this one. He, he was talking about, okay, are you, uh, are you going to, have you heard, you've heard the trade rumors. You've, hey, Justin, you've heard people suggest that, oh, maybe, maybe people like Todd McShay and Colin Cur- Cowherd have suggested that Ryan Poles should trade you. Uh, what do you think about the idea of the Bears actually selecting a you know quarterback or you potentially pretending to be traded? Uh, he got into that with the guys. I think so. You know, I yeah. think you know, uh, get traded. Maybe I'll you know be the backup or you know teach the teach the new guy whoever's coming in. Smoke uh, screens. Yeah, love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. Just you know, blessed to be in the position I am. Uh, I'm in, and you know, I just like let God kind of handle that. So uh, yeah. Tongue in cheek, obviously, if they draft a quarterback first overall, you know, playing the game that Ryan Poles, uh, everyone's talking about. I thought it was a really good interview in a lot of ways. He talked also about how much Andy Andy Dalton and Nick Foles helped him out, how much respect he has for Dalton, and and how how helpful Andy was for him. There was just a lot of good, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, nuggets as well as some laughs in that interview. Uh, I think uh, it was Big Cat who asked him, "Okay, so when you break off these long runs." And no one, you know, nobody can catch you. You know what's running through your mind at this point. I think this is the cut where Justin Fields addresses that. No, uh, the first thing that goes in my head is, you know, don't take a big hit. Uh, okay. You know, they've kind of instilled that in me, so it's like, 
I'm making sure that, you know, I can get down safely and be able to get, get onto the next play. But of course, you know, you have those situations to where, you know, it might be third down or you might be in the red zone trying to score a touchdown. But, uh, so you might have to sacrifice your body one or two plays. But first thing that goes in my head is, you know, get down, don't take a big hit. And, you know, if I do see a crease in like a split second, then I'll try to stay up and go. But other than that, that's, you know, the first thing. It's it's great to hear. Like it's they're telling him, make sure you get what you can get. But the most important thing is is that you're healthy and able to suit up for the next play. So uh, I, I think it was good to see, but um, or good to hear uh, that they are pointing him in the right direction. Look, he's got a skill set that is very unique, and you want to use it. But at the same time, you got to be careful how it's used. I think Jalen Hurts has shown you that you can be an effective runner at the quarterback position and still protect yourself. And even then he got hurt out here at Soldier Field. So uh, following that model, I think, will be beneficial. So we led off the hour with the Bears open letter regarding the closing on the Arlington Park property. We have a counter statement from the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Her office uh, spokesperson just released this statement moments ago. Quote, today's news about the closure of the Bears option in Arlington Heights has been anticipated for some time. Nonetheless, all of us diehard Bears fans, the mayor included, know and believe that the Chicago Bears should remain in Chicago. So now that the land deal has closed, we have an even better opportunity to continue making the business case as to why the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptions to Soldier Field can meet and exceed all of the Bears' future needs. There is simply no doubt that the economic benefits for the team of staying in a reimagined Soldier Field significantly outweigh those gained in a move to the suburbs. Due to the Bears' legal restrictions in the pre-purchase phase, the city was unable to engage in direct negotiations with the Bears while the land was under contract. Now that the deal has been completed, we look forward to negotiating and convincing the Bears that the team's best future remains in our beloved city of Chicago. That's a lamer Hail Mary than the one we saw at the end of the game where Jalen Hurts slipped and the ball (laughs) only went 20 yards. That's a more lame uh, uh, Hail Mary. Look, you had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to to you know move forward with something or present something to the bears prior to them getting into the you know agreement with Arlington Heights and they basically sat on their hands so mm-hmm. they're gone they're they've left they've left the building all of the things i laid up laid out uh as to why soldier field is not a very desirable none destination none of those are going to be fixed to a to to the degree that you would deem um, acceptable as a season ticket holder, even if you rehab the facility. But again, that's just me selfishly as a fan. In addition to that, what that I don't see how they they could address, no matter what they're negotiating with the Bears, is the fact that you're landlocked yeah. up there, right near the lake, and there's only so much you can do. And while Soldier Field was a great place to play football for a long, long time, you know, in the <laughs> In the 70s and 80s, in the, the the great era of Chicago Bears football. Look, it's a great city. It's an iconic you know, great- stadium. The field was never great. It's improved. The You know, you would know better than I. The amenities have never been great. They've improved some. Like, but it's again, just not a great spot. That's all from a fan's perspective. We're not even talking about the added revenue that the Bears are going to have access to in Arlington Heights that I don't care what they do, whatever tax breaks they try and create for the Bears, they will not own the stadium at Soldier Field, right? And so the reality is... It would be a horrible business decision to re-engage in a negotiation with the city. Yeah, so to your point, this is a a 30-yard Hail Mary 
that uh, just hit the ground that they had to throw because there was still time left on the clock. But the reality is the Bears are going to be moving to Arlington Heights. This is what I would suggest. At some Again, point here. my editorial focus on something other than the Bears. Yeah. You want to rehab the stadium and find ways to create it, revenue no, that's for a the great city? Point. Have at it. Do it. You should do it. Find ways to get people in 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 and and um different events in there make this make the make the facility useful make it you know create revenue but just don't focus on the bears anymore yeah focus on some other things that are more important to the people who live in the city yeah that ship has sailed bears fans uh looks like the bears will be headed to arlington heights as we have that open letter they will complete the purchase on the arlington heights property we just read you that letter we've got plenty more to discuss coming up of course we have the White Sox addressing the Mike Clevenger situation. We can give you some details of that. And, of course, continue to talk about the Bears heading to Arlington Heights down the road here on ESPN 1000 inside of Waddle's World. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Is that right, John? Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Obviously, the story of the day, the breaking news. You heard at the top of the hour. Uh, the Chicago Bears have, in fact, uh, finalized the purchase of the 326-acre property in Arlington Heights. Another step in the right direction from my perspective, building a, what would you call it, a uh, wonderful uh, wild, wide world of bears fantasy land. The, bear, the Baradise, yeah, right? The Baradise. Did I call it Baradise? Yeah, yeah. I did. I forgot. Yes, Baradise. Baradise in Arlington Heights. Yes. Believe that uh, we are closer... I still need to know, like if 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 things move sl- uh, uh, move quickly from this point forward. At what point can you get a shovel in the ground, and then from that point, when could you actually host Hope. a game hmm. safely? So I think four to five years is a a, a, a reasonable timeline based on. So you think that they could be kicking off? The 2028 season in the new facility, the well, Paradise well, in Arlington Heights? The thing is, I don't know how far along they are into the planning stages, right? They, it's going to take some time to put together the blueprints after. And, and well, I you're going to have to get approval for zoning. Yeah, so, 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 so shovels in the ground versus the, desi- the stadium design and the actual blueprints and everything getting into place. There's going to be some lag time there. Too. So we're just making guesses right now. Yeah, but so it's going to be a couple a- of years before a shovel goes that- in the ground, would you think? A year? A couple I think years? at least a year. At least a year from now. And I think even two years wouldn't, wouldn't surprise. Maybe 18 months. 18 months to two years. Okay, so let's just play this game real quick. So two years to put a shovel in the ground. Then how many years to actually build it? Four to four. five. Three to four. 
That's been the timeline for Allegiant, SoFi. Allegiant, you can build year-round. Year round. Yeah, I think we're looking at 29. Can 20, you build year-round even in these conditions? Like, can you get things done even? I don't know. I'm not a construction guy. Uh, okay, so let's just say conservatively seven years. Is that fair? Seven from this year? So, like, are we saying we're kicking the 2030 season off? Yeah, I think I think 29-30 is either the 29 or the 30 season um, based on How many of you guys news. that are currently on the roster will actually be in uniform when Arlington Heights Paradise is open for the first time and the Bears have officially opened up a new home? Well, I, I personally, when I start to look at a roster and project out six to seven years from now, the only guys who I can ever... Do you believe that just... This is my web poll question brought to you by me. Will Justin Fields be your starting quarterback when the Bears open up their new facility, the Grand Paradise in Arlington Heights? Heights? I hope so. I certainly hope so. I hope so, too. I just looked. All right. So Stan Kroenke bought SoFi in January of 2014. Okay. So he bought the land, which was Hollywood Park. Mm -hmm, Correct. And then they opened or they had the first event September 8th, 2020, which was that Bears. So six years. Yeah, about six years. Okay, and that's in L.A. Mm-hmm. So let's. I'll take a look and try and find Minnesota's because that will be a similar. Yeah, Minnesota and Las, and Las Vegas too would be a good. Mm-hmm. Okay, comparable. so that was six years. So six, seven years, yeah, maybe longer. Yeah, I think. Six I don't is, think you're getting in there before and, six years. And I, yeah, no, no, no. And I, I'm kind of like, yeah, building in. You know, with today's news, you got to have some planning. There's a great deal of planning that's going to go into place before a shovel is ever in the ground. So that's why I think six to seven years is a, a adequate, uh, not too aggressive timeline. So at that point, Justin will be in his 30s, early 30s, right? Yes. Uh, yes. That will is- he be your starting quarterback when the new facility is up and running in Arlington Heights? So he's 23 right now, so he'll be 29 or 30. So I think he'll certainly be... It ain't going to be six years, trust me. It ain't going to be six years for them to be. It's going to take at least seven years. Okay, so seven. So he'll be. And this 30. is a guess, but it's a guess that I have. It's a conviction guess. Yes. Guess. Will Justin Fields this is be a guess with the Bears starting quarterback when they open the Paradise in Arlington Heights? Well, the, if he if he's not, that means we have grossly overplayed our Justin Fields being drafted twenty fourth on our list. If he's not. I think we'll have to. I mean, let's just let's just play. Let's take emotion out of the conversation. I mean, if it was up to Todd McShay, it would be Bryce Young, of course. In the center. Um, let's just take emotion and optimism and speculation, whatever it is. Take take that out of the equation. If I, you were to put your money down, what what do what would the know, odds tell you? First it, of all, it's really hard. It, it's it's really hard for me to make an informed guess. I think I would. This right now, I think I would say the odds are against it. Let's yes. just be honest. You're right, and you know how analytically driven my Correct. mind is. Yes. So, so the, the so analytics would me, lead you to say no. But I think very quickly I could flip my like in six. Eight, Turn your eight, back on eight, analytics. Eight, eight. No, no, no. Eight to ten months from now, if I see Justin Fields and Luke Getzey's offense look more comfortable as a passer, I could easily see the idea of them extending him and building an offense around him. And at that point, I think a second contract with the Bears puts you in position where he will likely be your starting quarterback. Okay, that's all fair logical explanation. Uh But you don't get to project 
After I'm asking you today, today. not after you've been warm and fuzzied up with Justin's one play more, one, one more, more season. I think I'm leaning towards ever so slightly, yes, I think he will be the starting quarterback. So you're just thumbing your nose at the analytics that you preach to and preach well, up. When you hear this, the Vikings closed in June of 2007 and opened in July of 2016. Oh, boy, that's nine years. Ten years, nine years. But here's the thing. If he hits that second contract with the Bears... I think the difference between him being 30 and 32 is not that great. So I think if he gets that second contract So with now the Bears, not only are you are denying the analytics of certain aspect of this, now you're also denying the analytics of the age of a quarterback and one that does actually expose himself to more danger because he's a running quarterback. Why do you hate Justin Fields, Tom? That's not that, 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 that game. We're not playing that game. I mean, Kirk, That's Kirk, not, here's the, Kirk Cousins is 34. Right, and Kirk Cousins has changed teams. He has, but now that he's on his deal with the Vikings, he's been the Vikings quarterback. Kirk Cousins also doesn't the run the ball seasons. 250 times a year. <sighs> trying just to look for, I'm trying to look for an older comp. Like, just playing the just no, asking I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a legit question. Will, Thank you. Will Justin Fields be the starting quarterback when the Bears open Paradise? Okay, here's Arlington another Heights. question. Will Justin Fields be the starting quarterback of the Bears when they open up the season 2023 out here at Soldier Field? <laughs> it's also a fair question. Based think, on what yes, you're I hearing, think yes. I, as I, think I, yes. I agree. I'm going to resist Colin Cowherd's uh, attempt to have the Bears trade Justin Fields. I see Todd McShay on you, above your, your shoulders now on your television. It's all good food for thought. It is. I don't think that there are any dumb conversations for the most part. I may not agree with all of them. Like, and we could get into what Colin had to say well, before. You but tried to pin me down. Do you think Justin Fields will be the quarterback? Well, I, if I'm putting my money down. Yes. My, answer, my, my money would go to no. Okay. Because my money is going to be tied to analytics, yes. not to emotion. That's when you get in trouble, when you go to Vegas or you go wherever and you start betting with your heart, not your head. Do you buy, though, what I'm saying in that? Of course. I think that there's a very good like, chance. I think next year I will have a lot more definitive answer. Of course. Like, I will, if Justin Fields is operating better in this offense, they've surrounded him with a few more pieces. Absolutely. And he yes. looks good. It looks better as a passer. I think a second contract is almost a certainty with this team. Yes. And at that point, if he gets that second contract with the Bears, then I think it's almost a certainty he'll be their quarterback. Drew Brees did not finish his career with the team he started with. This is true. I mean, there are a lot Peyton, of Peyton Manning. Peyton didn't Manning finish his did career. not. So I mean, like I'm just this. This is not an emotional statement. This is a, this is factoring emotion out of the decision making process and using the analytics. This is why. I'm a little surprised with you because I know how how married you are to analytics and you just let the emotion override no, the I analytics. Think, I, I think I'm close to becoming a believer in Justin Fields as a quarterback. and I just need to see a little bit more. And next season, I think I will know Which is all certain. well and good, but when you apply analytics to making this decision, your emotion is that's going just, to be factored yeah, out. That's just playing the problem. You've got to be almost like a computerized how many, version of yourself. How about, uh, just to spend a little bit forward more here how many quarterbacks currently starting quarterbacks of their team mm -hmm. do you think will be the starting quarterback of their team six years from now if you had to well it's going to be more than six years but you're playing the early okay, say seven years from now well what what, what what mahomes will probably be in kansas city right he'd be 34 at the time yeah Trevor, I, I don't see a center lawrence will probably be in jacksonville would you maybe yeah i um, mean i don't think there's any certain i, I think that burrow and cincinnati 
You would think so, There's but again, three. like an, my anal, the analytics of it would tell you that no, none fair. of those guys Her, would be Herbert and the char- with the Chargers. Yes. Well, there's always some quarterbacks that are still still with the same team seven years from you know seven years later. Okay. It's just a matter of if we're talking four or eight. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has spent what 15 years with That's the Packers. True. You know, Tom it Brady spent, spent a long time with the Patriots. It does happen. But is, is that the exception but, to the rule more so than not? Will Kyler Murray be the Cardinals starting quarterback? No. I mean, he signed I a long-term so. deal. I, I, my guess, my money would be no. Will Deshaun Watson be the starting quarterback for the my Browns? My money would be no. He's got a big guaranteed deal. Uh, yes, he does. Interesting. Just very, saying, my answer would be no. Uh, Mike Clevenger spoke today, right? We know Rick Hahn spoke. Yeah, can we? You want to play Hahn first, and then yeah, get let's to play Hahn first. You're in control of the audio over there, so you lead the way. So this was Rick Hahn on the Mike Clevenger investigation as uh, the White Sox sp- uh, spring training begins, and they met the media today. Hahn on Clevenger. It is up to under the terms of the collectively bargained policy. Uh, it is solely the discretion of the commissioner to discipline a player under investigation after the conclusion of an investigation. Uh, at this point, the White Sox options are the same. They have been throughout this process when Mike joined us, and that is to uh, respect the process and the investigation and let it play out. That is the club's only option. Obviously, the confidentiality element of the investigation is essential to the success and strength of the policy and one that we're going to uh, continue to respect. Do you have any of Rick's uh, comments about the confidentiality during the negotiation process? We'll have have that shortly. We're working at it now as we speak. I mean, you could probably summarize it, right? Because when they asked him about background checks and everything else, I think that there is something... Yeah, he addressed it here as I as I pull it up here. So Rick Hahn said uh, when they were asked, okay, you know, could you have done, you know, how did this Clevenger thing play out? He said, the confidentiality of Major League Baseball's investigation kept the Sox from knowing about the allegations against Clevenger and that he understands why Clevenger himself did not disclose them. But he said that the Sox will have to review how they can improve their background check yes. process. These particular accusations... They, they didn't maybe not have access to. But an overall composite on who a person is or who a player is, the background check, maybe not specific with regard to these comments, is something that I think people are going to still have questions about. Yeah. Like, did you know the character of the guy in general terms? Not these specific allegations, but in general terms. Is there anything else in his past on his resume that would have sent up a red flag for you Prior to knowing anything about this, I'll say Mike Clevenger has been known around baseball not to be the most liked and loved teammates. He's also had some incidents not related to domestic violence, but, you know, instances where he was suspended and sent home by his previous employer, the Cleveland, you know, now Guardians. So... Clearly, he's had some red flags in his past. Clevenger did meet the media as well, while, as you just mentioned, and he uh, he was asked what he told the clubhouse about the situation. So I just want to share my sentiment to them that how bad I felt that this was how I was starting out. This is how they were meeting me for a lot of these guys that don't know me, and I didn't want their first day at camp to be answering questions about this nonsense. Are you confident you'll be fully exonerated? I'm confident. I am. 
any idea on a timeline from, from anyone? I, I have no idea. That's Jesse's voice, right? Maybe Correct. we can talk to Jesse before we get out of here today. Yeah. To kind of get a feel from Jesse. That's not what a bad he idea. he felt yeah. kind of the messaging was. Sure. Uh, um, one more from Clevenger. Of course, uh, not a real surprise here, but he talked about not wanting to talk publicly about this. I'm, I'm going to leave it. Uh, if you have more questions about baseball, I got I to leave. I mean, I'm, I'm advised by MLB and my lawyers to wait till the investigation's over. I keep going on. Well, I'll, I'll be able to talk about this. And a sooner uh, in the future date, I just can't. I can't talk about it right now. I'm just not. I'm not allowed to. Definitely not something not, not that advi- White Sox not fans. To. He's allowed right. to, but he's been advised sure. not to. This is this, this isn't something. It's been a very as Carmen was describing, and you're a diehard White Sox fan as well. Been a very disappointing off season from a overall lack of inact or a lack of activity. And you, you signed Ben Attendee, which is a nice you know a nice addition. Yeah. But overall, for a team that is. The window is wide open for you guys to make a lot of postseason noise. Then to add this to the equation, it's been a bad offseason on the south side. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I don't want to – they're two completely separate things. But then you've also got your true leader in the clubhouse, Liam Hendricks, who's dealing with exactly. a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And the one the one dependable count of, you know, guy you can count on in that locker room, you know, is not going to be available. Right. We don't have a timeline, even though uh, Rick Hahn did mention that Hendricks has been at the facility, you know, uh, on certain days. They don't have a timeline, obviously, yeah. as he deals with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, uh, all right. So, um, more on all of these topics, but coming up next, something we do on Wednesdays. There's no easy segue into what we like to call Florida, Ohio, but that's what we do. We shift gears quickly and we head in different directions. So that's what's next, Florida or Ohio. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. Oh, that's one. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is. What is that? The Cali Gold? This is the Cali Gold that I'm holding up on the Twitch camera, which you you can watch. Be I'm Sylvie fine. and tell me, be defiant about telling me it's okay to drink white wine, which I never said it wasn't, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Bottle. Nice class of. Yeah. Or a bottle. Sauvignon Blanc. Or a bottle. That works too. Yeah. Well, this isn't a, a wine-related uh, incident here. It is or isn't? It is not, but it's close. Man cracks a beer open during a traffic stop. <laughs> wait, bold. wait, are you... Bold I mean, strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays it, off. It's, it's even more bold if you're the driver. If you're a passenger, that's oh, a little well. different. Sometimes the situation just calls for a cold one. I just before laugh, midnight. But... Deputies were driving when something caught their eye when they saw a car parked in the opposite lane. The vehicle was just sitting there, lights on, with no traffic causing the stoppage. Deputies crept behind the car, flicked on their flashing lights, and tried to determine if the vehicle might have been abandoned. As they approached the vehicle, they found 40-year-old Michael Sarita sitting alone in the passenger seat. 
Beer cans littered the vehicle's floor and lined the front cup holders. Passenger seat. 24 right. packs of Michelob Ultra and Bud Light were torn into and drained as casualties were seen visibly scattered at his feet. Mm. Deputies began uh, a line of dialogue, but according to the arrest report, Sarita was unable to speak due to his level of intoxication. Now in need of, of support, the uh, police assistance was requested and the deputy waited for backup. And when they approached him, he had grabbed an unopened beer and cracked it in front of them as they were questioning. <laughs> Is it weird? Like, uh, I feel like, how do you have cans, empty cans, littered on your floor of your car? I, I mean, obviously. Little car party. Man. I mean, I guess you just have no fear. I'm thinking like this is Dayton, Ohio. Like this Ooh, feels really. This feels so Ohio that it's crazy. Hmm. Mm. I'm gonna go with Port St. Lucie, Florida. Okay. I'm gonna go Apple. All right. This is all Florida. All Florida. Jean Jacket Jake. Jean Jacket Jake. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. We've got that on the agenda. Uh, this took place in Cape Coral, Florida. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I almost went Cape Coral. I'm not lying. Well, I you did. You didn't. You You're get right. the win, but you don't get yeah. extra credit. No By the way, for Tyler, uh, any update on, on Valentine's Day? For myself? Yeah. Well, I'm meeting up with uh, my girlfriend tonight. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. making sure. We like, need, we had a I long conversation at the end of the show. Is Charlie. Yeah, right. Has anybody at, heard from Charlie? Deflect. Look at him deflect. <laughs> Happy belated Valentine's Day to Tyler and his girlfriend, who will be celebrating tonight. Well, she had class yesterday. Yes, she did. Call me sometime when you have no class. Great line from back to school. Um, so, anybody heard from Charlie? I think Jake is the... Uh, Jake, have you heard from Charlie? I saw an Instagram uh, story, as they call it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at time? the restaurant. Okay, so I didn't it was a good thing. Did they have a... Everything went okay? I believe so. Okay. Obviously, I, I wasn't in the room after, but... Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> the good news is, Charlie will be uh, back on the show tomorrow. Okay, so we can get can an update from in. him. And uh, that's a tease, folks. We'll that's find out one. if Charlie had... A fantastic night at Fogo to celebrate his Valentine's Day. I've got an interesting story about length, manhood length, that maybe I'll bring to you before we get out of here at 6 o'clock. Oh. But we got to go to break, and Jesse's going to join us. Yes, Jesse will give us an update on the White Sox meeting of media, including Mike Clevenger, who obviously has had some accusations levied against him. He is under investigation by Major League Baseball. He addressed that, as did the White Sox president, Rick Hahn. We'll let you know what they had to say, and we'll hear from Jesse Rogers coming up next.